everyone. Welcome to the Music of Life Church podcast. We are going to discuss the discipleship episode. If you haven't heard it, please give it a listen. We're going to break down the episode so you can help people who've been hurt by this topic. I'm Pastor Jonathan here with Pastor Joel. Hey, Pastor Joel. Hello, Pastor Jonathan. What did you think of the discipleship episode? Great season three finale. I love it. Starting from sanctification, ending with discipleship is quite the journey. And now that we're in the Malk podcast, I think this season and, and especially the last couple episodes, Doctrine and Discipleship, episodes 14 and 15 of season three, kind of gives some, the, the people listening to the Malk podcast a little more insight into what what we're trying to do in this podcast. When we say the Malk podcast is meant for leaders, it's because what we're trying to do, what you and me are trying to do, Pastor Jonathan, is Mm -hmm. replicate ourselves into the audience. Mm -hmm. We try to break down what and why we say what we say in the What the Flock podcast to the point where people can listen to this podcast and then be able to take that truth from God, internalize it themselves and uniquely allow it to flow towards others in whatever way God is calling them to do. So that's why, you know, that's also why we go through what's the strict side. What's the loose side. What's the ultimate answer. What we're trying to do is break all of the context, all the different contexts you could go through down and then giving you the ultimate answer so that anybody anybody can take the ultimate answer and apply it in their unique way in whatever context they're facing. So I love it. I feel like it kind of opens up the, the Malk podcast and maybe helps people understand what are we even doing with the Malk podcast? It's like what the flock podcast is enough. It's helping people. Right. This is a special podcast and, and it is a little different and it does go a little deeper for the very purpose of replication. Nice. Because we do, we want people to be able to get down to the doctrine level of the issues themselves. Right. Where it's like, okay, you have a topic, someone has a question. So what we're hoping is that all of the topics, you know, by listening to what the flock and then listening to the music of life church podcast, these topics get in you and you process and you internalize how you would share it, how you would use it, because yeah. then it's we because we do we want people that to come out through people's uniqueness. And it is always an exciting experience for someone to say, OK, I like what you said about discipleship. So and replication and replication is an apple tree making another apple tree. Right. Like hearing that from someone is like, that's perfect. Oh yeah. Like, oh, I haven't heard it like that before. That makes sense. That's a unique way of saying that. You know, it's like with our grace episode, we talk about the divine influence upon the heart and its reflection in the life. And we talk about, you know, what I like to say is it's just, it's God working through me. It's God flowing through me in and through my life. And then we also hear years ago, uh, an old, uh, an old acquaintance of ours, gave us the medicine analogy 
Yes. Where it's like, oh, this person gets grace to the point where they're able to take that doctrinal concept, internalize it, and teach it in a unique way where they talk about grace being like medicine, mm-hmm. where I'm responsible to take the medicine, but I can't claim that I cured myself. I have to give the credit to the medicine for curing me. You know, it'd be silly for me to say, look it, I made myself healthy. It's like, no, the medicine did, mm-hmm. but I still have the responsibility to choose to take it like that. That is somebody internalizing a doctrine and applying it in a new and different way. And it does reach more people. It helps other people understand it at a different level. This is how this can always become better and better. And there can always be more that comes out of discipleship because it is replication and it is, it adheres to and uses the principle of uniqueness to benefit it even more. Nice. Can you give an overview of the strict side and the loose side for our listeners? Yeah, the strict side, what we call it, the limitation side here on the Malk podcast. Yes, sir. Is studying. It's a student. It's I'm always learning new things. Hey, you know, me and Pastor Jonathan, we're not against that. (laughs) No way, man. Right. It's just not, that's not what discipleship. And I would even say this discipleship and definitely includes training, but that's not all it is. And that's why the strict side would just say, keep reading your Bible, memorize scripture, read these commentaries, be able to defend every question that comes your way. Then the loose side or the freedom side would be, a disciple is a Christian or a Christian is already a disciple. So because you became a believer, you became born again, you now are a disciple. And that is this, a a bigger issue result resulting from that is how Christianity has been amplified. Yeah. And we're we're seeing people not even study because oh i became born again i don't even need to study i don't even need to read the bible i'm good it is this i'm good mentality like i don't want to take the responsibility of what i have to do anymore Mm -hmm. i don't want to feel the tension of that responsibility so it is this because i'm a believer i am a disciple nice um so I wanted to ask you a question. What would be, well, I want to go, actually, I have a couple different things. I want to talk about the, the passage, the Great Commission passage, Matthew 28, 18, 18 through 20. Yes. And I want to break down those parts in this verse. Okay. Because, um, I wanted to ask you is being a disciple. So we have go, go you therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them into the name of the father, the son, and the Holy spirit, teaching them to observe all things um, whatsoever I commanded you. So we learned early on in, in music of life church before we were Appleton and Kimberly 
our senior pastor talked about go win, baptize, teach. Yes. Can you kind of break down what, this is a humongous passage. So it is, I, I would love for you to kind of commentate and break down what this means. And, and I feel like we hit discipleship, which is kind of like the, the big picture guiding, you know, force or doctrine behind the going, the winning and, you know, the baptizing and the teaching. So could you kind right. of break that down? Yeah. So first is go, right? This is just, we need to start making progress and we need to start helping other people. So here, Jesus is talking to believers. These are people who are already saved. And he's saying, now it's time for you to go and help other people. If we want this thing to work, if we want this kingdom to come, go. It's the the win, baptize, teach ones that really, I think, can mm-hmm. summarize the three parts of you know this model or uh, an explanation of really the benefits of Christianity. And I would say the win would be salvation. Go win. Go win people to Christ. That means salvation. And that would be you know, go therefore and make disciples or win disciples. So the first step is these people need to become saved. Mm-hmm. And I like to see the, the baptizing. Remember, that's a context. Hmm. The spiritual truth behind baptism is sanctification. This is a person changing and growing in their faith it is mm. and a lot of times the in our church does this we we have baptism ceremonies at least once a year and we teach it as an ordinance that helps you express physically the spiritual truth an expression of your faith mm. so you're already saved now it's time to express that faith Nice. which is in line with sanctification. So now I'm growing in salvation. Because remember what we taught in sanctification is really what you do is you take the causes of salvation, grace and faith, and you grow in those. Baptism can be seen as the first step or a step of growing in grace and faith. And then the teaching them to observe all things is really the discipleship. That's the replication. Hmm. So right here in these, in these verses, especially 19 and 20, and I actually preached a sermon on this pretty recently. And one of the points I made is verse 20 is just as important as verse 19. Verse 20 starts with teaching them to observe all things. So part of this commission that Christ left us with was to teach people to observe all things. So what that means is these people need to understand what it means to walk with God well enough where they can actually do all the things that Christ taught. Hmm. So that would be the go and baptize teach is really get off your butt, go out there, start interacting with people, mm-hmm. win them to Christ, help them grow in sanctification and then teach them 
to the point where they'd be able to do the same thing, including making more disciples. So that's how I like to see these verses. If you really break them down, yeah, these verses do show us that this is much more than just salvation. Yeah, and I like what you were saying about the, you know, the baptism and and the water being a physical representation of this of a spiritual truth that's that's happening. And I like, and I like seeing that as, you know, this baptism, the process of it is something in sanctification that would continue. Right. Where it's like, if being a disciple was to be saved, you would just need to baptize them in water and then you're done and then you move on versus if the focus is on sanctification and helping someone replicate, you will be continually washing them, cleansing them, yeah. baptizing them into the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, into you know, the mind of Christ being something that directs their actions more right. and more and more. It's like, uh, think of it, Jesus washing the disciples' feet. Do you think they never had to get their feet washed again? Nice. Right. And we learn in Ephesians that we are to be washed with the water of the word. So that tells you right there, the word is really doing the washing, but is just one wash in it. Like, do I not just one bath? I don't know how many people would be wanting to interact with me if I said I only need to take one bath my entire life. Right. It's like, no, it's because in the, the issue, sanctification is growing and really removing the dust killing our flesh what that means is we get dirty Mm -hmm. god doesn't hold us to a standard of perfection he holds us to a standard of humility can you confess and repent when you do something wrong nice in other words there's an opportunity for you to be more clean Mm. take a bath confess and repent nice so yeah that's good the the one-time bath is not enough no, and I and I'm I'm curious. Maybe I'll look this up later, but this I'm curious if that baptizing, you know, baptizing is something that is a is actually a continual process. Like at the physical yeah. baptism, I don't need to, you know, do I need to continue continually physically get baptized after I've done that? No, I don't think so. No, but spiritually. <laughs> absolutely oh yeah constantly i constantly need to be washed with the word again and again right what's your advice for someone who's not confident in their ability to teach how would someone who's not confident grow in their confidence or their ability to to teach where it's so important to be able to teach and, you know, we are blessed and I'm blessed to have a lot of teachers in my life, but I'm not a teacher. I do teach. However, I'm not a teacher. So what advice could you give to help someone grow in their confidence in 
doing the work of a teacher or being a teacher or acting as a teacher. Yeah. So we're assuming you have the right words, the right content, the right information. Cause my first step is make sure, you know, the words or what you're teaching, you have the right definition of those things. And then also be able to support it. And from outside of yourself. So one of the things is it's always good if you're going to teach, if I'm going to teach on love, it's always good for me to have a story to go along with it. That helps. Mm. But ultimately the, so, so assuming all of that is taking place, assuming which is, that, well, which is huge. I mean, that there's your, there's your foundational pieces, right? Yeah. It is like teach, have a story, be able to support it, have the right definition, define the terms that are important to whatever you're teaching. That's the stuff internally we need to figure out to guarantee that, you know what, because what you're talking about with confidence in teacher is more of like the performance of it. How do I, how do I become better at the delivery? So let's assume all the content is where it needs to be. Nice. The right definition, the right story, the right support. How do I just grow in my confidence of delivering that information to another person? I need to practice, man. That's nah, there's no, so there's no way around it other than practicing. No, there is. And, and that's, I mean, we, we can study more and study more and study more, but there comes a point where that's that there's only so much profitability to me studying more in order to become a better teacher. Eventually I need to teach. I need to actually do it. So I, you know, we have a lot of opportunities for people to practice at Music Life Church. My advice to somebody who who's even a part of a church where they don't have opportunities for this, because I know not a lot of churches are going to be able to just give anybody. And we don't, and we don't, at Music Life Church, Kimberly, we're not just giving anybody opportunities. There's even a process you have to go through to be somebody who can teach at one of our midweek services. But that doesn't stop people from getting together with their friends and doing a Bible study. I was, I think one of the ways that I became more confident in being a teacher is I do Bible studies with my mom or with my dad or, mm. you know, and it's just commentating and teaching back and forth, growing my ability to explain these things. But really the, the big thing to grow in confidence really in anything is you need the experience with it too. Mm. There only comes so much that learning about something. Just I like, for instance, I could read sheet music. I could learn how to read music, Pastor Jonathan. And I could read it and read and read and read it. That's that not going to make one of us. <laughs> but that's not going to guarantee I'm going to actually be able to play a piano. Right. In fact, I may never be able to play a piano even though i can read music so or if i can play like but but i so i need to practice there comes a point where you just need to actually get on stage and do it hmm. and the benefit of teaching is you also learn the information you taught like three times as much as if you're just reading it yourself or being taught the information when you teach someone else, you learn it even better, which is oftentimes why the people who teach the most are often accused of being, or maybe even are at times, know-it-alls. And a lot of times it's because they, because they teach so much, they do know a lot of information that people who don't teach a lot are missing. Because they've held on to it three times more, right? Right. 
So that would be, I mean, really, of all the commentary I just gave, practice. Holy cow. Mm. And if you need to find a safe place to do it, too. Nice. A place where people aren't going to just judge you for, like, immediately judge you for for the lack of ability you have, but are people who are going to give you constructive criticism and, and help you foster that ability. So how do I know that I'm ready to teach something? I'd say the first thing is, am I living it out? Okay. So I just need to be able to have an example in my life where I have done the thing that I'm going to teach. And no, you don't even have to be done with it. I just, but am I growing have, in this thing? Mm, so I could have done it and then failed at it. Yeah. And still teach about it. But really, or really in order to teach, I just need to understand the why behind something. I just need to be able to give the understanding. Now, mm-hmm. if I want to teach without hypocrisy, that's where I should teach something that I've already been growing in myself. So I don't have to be perfect at it. But like, if I'm going to teach somebody how to hear from God, I ought to have at least heard from him once myself. But really what it comes down to is, can I explain, can I give the understanding behind the concept that I'm teaching? Can I give you the why behind it? Can I define it? Really, that's a big part of it is, can I define what I'm teaching? So many sermons that I hear, the the key terms that are being used are never defined. And, and oftentimes, if they are, it's an abstract definition that really isn't helping people. But if I want to do so with integrity, mm-hmm. it also ought to be in there. And this is something you and I talk about with what do we look up to in pastors? What do, what qualifies us to be pastors? Yeah, And the big thing that you, you remind me of often is we're living out the things we're trying to lead people in. Yeah. Living them out means growing in it. It doesn't mean I'm perfect at it. It means I have experience with it to the point where I can share some stories with you about how it's been for me, successes and failures. Wow. So if I'm going to be the one who teaches it or tries to replicate or make a disciple, then one of the key components is I just need to make sure that I am humble yeah, and willing to consider where I'm wrong, because isn't that a lot of what discipleship is, is it's getting this dust out. It's getting these, uh, these impurities out of me, getting anything out of the way that's blocking God. And as I help, and as I help someone else do that, what's oftentimes going to happen is I'm going to get confronted or made aware of an issue in my life as I help someone else. Oh yeah. Have you ever had that? Have you ever had that experience where you're teaching someone something? What do you do? What do you do when you go, when you start teaching someone something and you're like, oh, sugar. Yeah. This is as much for me as it is for them. How do you handle that? What do you do? I usually think, yep, that's why God wants me to teach these people because <laughs> he has something for me to learn too. Yeah. That's usually my response is like, oh, maybe this needs to go in my sermon. <sighs> it's just, it, I love it. And honestly, it's it's almost like a running joke now with the restoration team at Music Act Church Kimberly where these coaches on our restoration team 
every time they coach someone else through the restoration process, they're going through it themselves. Mm -hmm. That's how they see it now. It's not, it's no longer purely me coaching you in it. It's, oh, I know every time I go through restoration, I'm, or every time I help you in the restoration process, I'm going through it again. So it's like every time I'm, I'm teaching about people triggering or people being in a destructive thought process, I might have a rough week coming up where yeah. there's lots of different triggers that get I'm getting exposed. squeezed. I'm getting squeezed. I'm, you know, I'm starting to hear, you know, God's, God's pointing these things out. It's bringing some conviction. Mm. You know, I'm confronted with all this stuff every time. And that happens every time we preach, I'm being confronted by the things I'm preaching and how well I'm doing in those areas will determine how tweaky I get over the next few days. And then it's just, how do I handle that? It's just taking it. It's, it's not looking at it like, but I'm the teacher. So I'm good. It's nice. looking at it like awesome. Like, and a lot of times you'll hear you and me will say that in our sermons. Like a lot of times you'll hear us say things like, and I'm learning this right with you. And you know, this is, and well, and a lot of times what we're doing is telling stories on ourselves about the things we're teaching. Yeah. Here, and usually here's a story, here's a story from much, much more recently than I'd yeah. like to admit. Oh, I can't believe I can't, can't remember how many times I said that last year. Right. And, and a lot of times what you and I really, what I actually like to do if I'm telling a story about myself is I like to stuff. I like to tell the stories where it was a failure. And cause I, there's a plethora of examples of that. Plus it causes me to continue to be humble. And I think it also makes the people I'm trying to teach more receptive to what I'm teaching. Cause I'm, I'm not above them. Mm. I may be their leader but I'm on this journey as much as they are. And the growth doesn't end. Doesn't end. Yeah. And I will say that. I mean, if I am having a conversation with someone and it starts spanking me, if I start feeling God going, yeah, dude, this is as much for you as it is for them. I'll say that to them. Yeah. That's so awesome. I'll just go, Hey, this is as much for me. Yeah if not more for me than it is for you. But I, here's what I'm learning right now. And isn't that often a cause for the certain, like, what am I going to preach? A lot of times it's what is, what, what has God taught me recently? Yeah. And it's like, oh, and then all of a sudden he reveals something greater through it that can benefit other people as well. And it's like, oh yeah, that's got to be added. Like usually it's, it's just as much, the stuff I'm teaching others is usually just as much things that I'm just learning and growing in myself as they are me initiating onto God. What do you want me to teach these people? <laughs> it's happening both ways. Right. Yeah. And I'm learning all these lessons about how much I suck <laughs> at helping people <laughs> replicate the yeah. things that I'm actually doing. Right. You know what I mean? Where it's like, now I'm realizing how much I suck in a whole different area in my life, you know, it, and we love yeah. to use that. Yeah. Do you remember the waffle iron analogy? Oh yeah. Can you, can you explain? Yeah, the waffle I love iron? The, that's such yeah. a great example of, of the, the growth getting harder yeah. over time. Yeah. 
yet your willingness and desire to grow increases. So your faith increases as these areas of difficulty are exposed. So it may not feel at times that what you're growing in is harder than what you were growing in three years ago, but I guarantee it is. Mm. But your faith, your understanding and experience, how to handle these things has grown as these really dirty areas in your life are being exposed. But I like to see a new believer is somebody who opens a waffle iron up after just making breakfast and it's a dirty waffle iron and you grab a washcloth and you wipe away all of the waffle mix and a lot of stuff goes away and it just takes a swipe. It's very, very obvious. Yeah. It's like the restoration process, right? Yeah. It's just these massive revelations are happening. Yep. And these things where it's like, I can't, my entire life is starting to make sense now. Oh my gosh. I can't read. I now I'm, I'm understanding why I made all these decisions in high school and in my early twenties and in college, it's all making sense. Or now it's like, after you wipe down the waffle iron and you get in the cracks with the washcloth and eventually if you really want to clean the waffle iron and keep it pristine, you got to get into the nooks and crannies. Yeah. And a lot of that time, a lot of time, a washcloth's not enough. You might have to get a, a scrub pad or maybe even get like some utensil, like a toothpick or something to really get into those grooves. And a lot of times what's in those grooves is stuff that's been there for years. Mm. It's stuff you don't always just notice right off of the right. It's not, it's not always obvious. Yeah. And it's really hard and caked on stuff. And that's kind of like the journey of sanctification. So growing gets harder over time because the areas are harder to grow in. Yet my maturity, my ability to handle those things grows with me. So, And from the outside, it kind of seems ridiculous where it's like, yeah, man, you know, you, you kicked a pornography addiction, you quit, you know, like you're not addicted to alcohol anymore you're, you know, not reaming people out. You're not lashing out in anger anymore. There's all these things that you've done, but you're dealing with this issue, like snacking late at night. And it's yeah. so difficult uh-huh. where it's like from the outside, you're like, are you serious? That's your biggest issue is snacking. But it's late not at night. The snacking. It's the fact that I've done it every night for 40 years. Exactly. It's a thought process. It's a pattern. It's something it that is, is a habit. Deep. Yeah, it is deep. It is like, even it could even like for that's a great example. Cause like, like it could be, I can't go to sleep without a full stomach. I can't go to sleep without snacking first. Right. This is, yeah, it may seem silly on the surface. And that's usually, that's a good example too. Cause usually the really big things are really things that are obviously wrong too. And the really hard things are usually things that what it is, isn't wrong. It's the how and why behind it. Cause you're not saying snacking is wrong. I would say being addicted to pornography is wrong. Right. It's a wrong what period. <laughs> right. Right. While snacking late at night isn't, but it is for you mm-hmm. because of the habit that was formed. And because it's preventing you from sleeping or what, you know, for whatever, all these other reasons. So that's, again, this uniqueness thing where, you know, you take this another 
take this analogy a little forward and everybody's waffle iron's a little different too. Mm-hmm. Everybody's got some waffle mix caked in different areas and for different reasons. And that uniqueness is so, so important to embrace. That's awesome. Can we go through the three categories of people from the perspective of self-esteem? Yes. So low self-esteem people who have a low confidence in who God created them to be, they think they're disciples and they're not. Hmm. So they're deceived and, uh, or maybe they're just flat out wrong. It's interesting. It sounds like they're overconfident, you know? Yeah. Yeah. At times that's, yeah, they're, they're, they have misplaced confidence. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately these people tend to take others off course as well. And, and that's usually the people with low self-esteem. That's usually in an effort to make themselves feel good. I may not be purposely trying to make you off, take you off course, but if I convince you that being a disciple just purely means being a born again, Christian, then I can feel good about me thinking I'm a disciple when really all I am is a born again, Christian, mm-hmm. the mid self-esteem the classic people who are frustrated at get being given the wrong answers. They know what's yep. being taught isn't working. So they leave the church yet. These people, they want to help other people. Mm. They want to be helped themselves. They just don't have the right answers. So the mid self-esteem we see time and time again, are the people who have enough confidence in who they are to know I need to leave an abusive relationship. Nice. Yeah. And then the people with high self-esteem, in the discipleship context, these are people who are replicating themselves. They're growing in holiness and they are creating other people or making other people who are also growing in holiness with the ability to help others. So um, that's really the high self-esteem people. They're the ones who I don't have to convince to go and baptize, teach. These are the ones who are going, winning, baptizing, and teaching. Nice. So which is which leads to the ultimate answer. And discipleship is replication. Repli- it really, discipleship is replicating the ability to intentionally grow in holiness, including the ability to replicate. Nice. Apple trees making apple trees making yeah. apple trees. Right. Awesome. Thank you so much, Pastor Joel. Thank you to everyone who's listening. This has been the Music of Life Church podcast. If you have any questions or comments or you'd like to hear a certain topic, please let us know. We will see you next time.